Aaron. Hello. I um, was just saying that the uh, the opening of the Amy Comey Barrett uh, uh, um, uh, vetting process was opened with basically a call to be nice. <laughs> was, which, yes. Which good. Yeah, you know, and and then uh, and then the um, uh, Diane Feinstein, the the ranking Democrat on the committee, said we agree. Let's let's just be civil. Let's just get through this. And uh, and, you know, I think she knows that regardless of what she wants to do, that the the Republicans have enough votes to um, approve her. And Barrett knows that as long as she doesn't say anything that's going to upset somebody too much, that she's going to be able to get approved. So there's no point in being ugly about this. If anything, they're going to be ugly about they they will. I, I they I'm saying the progressives will probably take the opportunity to to um, you know because they each get like you know five minutes to question and a lot of times that's done grandstanding and I, and I suspect that a lot of that grandstanding will be just attacks on the president and not Ms. Barrett because or Mrs. Barrett because um, you know that that is pointless and and it comes yeah. off looking mean and ugly. Yeah, I mean I. I... I'm sure she can hold her own. I, I'm interested to see how she answers some of their questions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of it's just going to be... It's it, We're right before an election. A lot of it's going to be grandstanding and posturing. Yeah. I mean, even when we're not before election, it is. But that, that certainly adds to it, you know. Um, I know anybody who's watched these kind of proceedings before, it gets frustrating because they will talk for like four minutes or two or three minutes and then, and then say, um, what do you say to that? you know, to somebody. And, and it's, it's almost like they're sitting there going, was there a question there? <laughs> you just talked for, you know, I, I didn't hear a question. You just made a bunch of statements. Um, yes. Do you want me to agree with those statements or disagree with it? Is that what you're asking me? If I agree or disagree with your statements? Yeah. Cause there was no question there. Um, I would love to see somebody who's getting uh, appointed to do that to them at some point, but uh, you know, they usually politely sit there because you're trying to get their vote. So you don't, you know, you don't attack back generally speaking. Um, although I've got to say, uh, the last time around, um, he did kind of attack back because he was being attacked. Um, he, what he went through was ridiculous. Yeah. We were supposed to believe that this mild mannered man who had never done anything controversial in his adult life, except be a Republican, that he was a gang rapist and all this ridiculousness when he was in high school. Yeah. I think any man would have been upset by that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and his response, honestly, was like classic sort of middle class guy was like, I had a beer, you know, I, I, yeah, you know, exactly. my friends and I would hang out and we'd have a beer. I like having a beer, you know, <laughs> sue me. What's the big deal? You know, and, and granted, he wasn't a middle class guy. He was definitely an upper class guy. His family yeah, was but wealthy. So what? But exactly, you know, a guy saying, you know, we hang out. We hang out. What do you do? I hang out. My friends, when I, you know, when you were in high school and college, we hang out. What'd you do when you hung out? We had a beer, you know. <laughs> Generally, we had a beer. You know, I mean. So you know the thing that's that that I I really hate the posturing of I'm here for the middle for the little guy, but all of those Democrats are filthy rich. Yeah. You know, 
All of the, the, the wealthiest zip codes in the United States vote blue. All yeah. of them. So this idea that the Republicans are only for the rich, you know, even Elizabeth Warren, my goodness, she makes more than a million dollars a year. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I this ridiculousness of we're for the poor, the, the, the working class. No, you're not. Yeah. Well, that's that was that. the irony of, of Bernie Sanders. Right. It was like, OK, you're the only millionaire, three home owning socialist that I know of. Exactly. Well, and it's so funny. His answer was so capitalistic when he, they asked him about uh, about his three houses. Or no, asked him about his book deal. And he said, well, go out and you write a bestseller. Well, yeah, that's capitalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not communism. That's not socialism. Exactly. That's capitalism. Yeah. Down, down deep, he was like, socialism is great for all of you people. Well, and that's typically how it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and you go, what do you mean by you people? <laughs> exactly. You've done nothing your whole life, you lazy. Yeah. Living no, on he, the government dime. He wrote a bestseller. He did. He wrote a bestseller. And his wife ran a, ran a university into the ground. <laughs> did she? I didn't know that. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. Um, but, um, yeah, I... Um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, be careful what you preach, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Talk is cheap. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm, he thinks. So I... we're getting Santa Ana winds this week here in Southern California. And that means it's going to be warm again. So that that little tiny sliver of a glimpse of fall was, you know, all we're getting for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the temperature's going to kick back up into the 90s again. I looked at the the, the um, forecast and went, dang. Right? Dang. I did not want that. I did not. I just happened to glance over and I see that for some reason um, your audio is not coming in on my main recorder. But my backup recorder is getting you, so we'll be able to get that. So it's an aside. It has nothing to do with the show. But it's like, dang it, how come that's not working? Because, I don't know, because technology is great until it isn't. Because why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's why I now have a backup, though. <laughs> so, last week, I had the I had a migraine for a whole week. Yeah. A whole week. Well, like, you know, I, I got it over the weekend, and it was it was by, by Sunday I was much better. So, yeah, essentially a week. And, uh uh by i got it last weekend like oh, not this past weekend not yesterday but the week before it was all last week and holy cow i've never had a migraine that long that long before yeah it was bad i think it's it triggered was, by the remnants of smoke that still linger in our air everywhere we go maybe i don't know i don't know yeah. it was uh, it was um you know it's interesting because last weekend so not yesterday but the weekend before um i uh I was noticing, was trying to read something, and it was completely blurry, and everything was blurry. I couldn't focus my eyes, and I and I said to Tobin, "Gosh, does that ever happen to you? I don't know what's wrong with me. My eyes aren't focusing." It was the aura, and I didn't realize that mm. it was the aura um, because that's that totally. It you know, once the headache started, um, I could see again. Right. Um, yeah. But- so explain for people because people who don't have uh, uh, migraines or know somebody who has migraines, maybe don't understand what an aura is or what why you would be seeing an aura. 
So for people, for some people, um, it looks like a starburst. For me, it just like looks like a a page that's completely out of focus or a camera that's completely out of focus. Um, uh, like I can't, it, yeah, I, it's completely, mm-hmm. everything's blurry and I can't fix it. I can't like rub it out and it's sudden, right? So it's not like, you know, if, you're, if your vision changes, it generally okay, It's not like me in the slowly. morning, every morning of my life where I walk around for the first 10 minutes trying to get my eyes to focus. No, again. It's, it's, it's beyond yeah. being a little bleary-eyed. Right. It really is. And, and for a lot of people, that's an indicator that, that you're, a, a migraine is beginning because yes. they have these, these visual uh, distortions that are called yes. an aura. And so for people who don't know about migraines, they sometimes get a, uh, a heads up that they're starting. Um, I worked with somebody who used to get them, and when, when she got, when, when she recognized that, that that the aura was there, that she knew they were coming, that she knew that she had about two or three hours to take her migraine medication, and that usually would mitigate it. But if she missed it, she would be down for two or three days. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I didn't recognize it. I don't always get the ocular aura. What I mm-hmm. get is typically my. I'll get more sensitive to sound. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm generally more sensitive to sound with my migraines than I am uh, light mm-hmm. and um, and my vision. And that so I didn't recognize what it was. I just thought I was really tired. And then when the headache started that night, I was, you know, that was like, oh, my God. So um, and by Friday, I was just it, I was just at my wits end. So um, thank goodness it, it passed. And I don't know what caused it, Todd. I really, yeah. really don't. Well, that would be the magic, right, is if you knew what caused it, you just avoid that, right? (laughs) Exactly. I don't know if there's something new in my environment. I haven't changed any, like, body lotions or shampoos or, you know, anything. I haven't changed anything. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I don't know. And that's that's the trillion-dollar question because I think people have different... You know, some people, the the migraines are hormonal. I don't don't know that mine are. I don't know. You know, Mm -hmm. so... Very frustrating. I feel better today. You know, feel better today. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're I, feeling better. I, you know, anytime, I mean, that that's, although it's not like, it's like chronic pain. I mean, it's not with you all the time, but you don't know when it's going to come or go. And, and, it, and that one lasted a really long time. And anybody who's had to deal with chronic pain knows how, you know, life altering that can be. I mean, you, you managed to keep going all week long, but that, um, uh, it's 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 hard to focus it's hard to to uh find a position where you can even just sit and be comfortable and so um you know uh i feel for you well thank you you uh you deal with chronic pain so you know what it's like and um yeah it's it is it is really um you you feel knocked down when it's happening like you know yeah you just feel knocked down and more emotional. I'm more emotional when I have a migraine just because, you know, I'm, I feel like why, I'm tapped yeah. out yeah, and anything on yeah. top of that. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think when you're in pain that doesn't seem to go away, that's, that's one of the effects is you're going to, uh, you know, be more weepy. You're going to be more angry. You're going to be more snappy. I mean, it's just, that's, that's just being human. Yep. Um, and there's no way around that. I um, uh, apologize. I chuckled a little bit there. I happened to be on a on a, a web page looking at some information that we might want to talk about. And, you know, there's ads that pop up around the side. And an ad popped up for T-shirts. And two of them, I thought, just the two I saw anyway, popped up that were funny. One was a T-shirt with a, a um, uh, essentially a ruler down the front of it going beard growth chart. 
<laughs> which which is so apropos during the we don't you know have any way to cut our hair time of life and the other one is 1984 was not supposed to be an instruction manual which uh yeah works on lots of levels there too <laughs> uh, and for those of you yeah. we're, we're not talking about the year 1984 we're talking about the book 1984 the book. uh yeah so if you have not read 1984 um there's a couple um like movie adaptations that are relatively good, but um, the book is is tough to beat in this case, and paints a very bleak picture of the of the world and the future and what things will be like and and how your your brain is controlled. And although it's not exactly like it was in the book, you got to think that some of the uh, uh, things that are happening via social media aren't that far off. You know, you know if, we, if Aldous Huxley and George Orwell had a love child, it would be 2020. Yeah. Oh, that's a perfect line. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, 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 it's just bizarro world, you know, and, and the presumption that it would be the government that was controlling you uh, is, you know, turned out to be half right. It turned out that it wasn't the government that was controlling you. It's corporate giant corporations that are controlling you and those giant corporations in turn control the government. So it's all the same. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to 2020. Yes. I am pessimistic at this moment in time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah. So, so, um, do you ever read, there's a, there's a, uh, magazine that's, that is, um, printed out here in the inland empire that is that is absolutely excellent and it's called the black boys news um and the um uh it was started by uh hardy and uh cheryl brown and i think uh, cheryl brown was a not i think cheryl brown was a uh state uh, assembly member in the rialto area um uh, a few years ago and was an excellent one and uh i was very much a supporter of hers and i really like her um, and her family owns the Black Voice News. And I, and I, I preface this by saying that um, uh, I, have, I find their reporting very thorough and very fair. Mm-hmm. And so um, they have an article, uh, Black Caucus member concerned about how much ban of gas-powered cars will cost low-income families. And sure, um, you think? What was that? I said, you think? Yeah, I mean, right. Forty thousand dollars what it costs for a battery powered car that won't drive you more than one hundred and fifty miles. Yes, yes. So Assemblymember Jim Cooper uh, from Sacramento, uh, he's a member of the Legislative Black Caucus, and he says he supports uh, Governor Gaz- Gavin Newsom's executive order issued last month that uh, phased out gasoline powered vehicles. The directive requires all new passenger vehicles sold in California to have zero emission engines by the year twenty thirty five. Uh, but Cooper, who is the chair of the uh, Assembly's Budget sub- Subcommittee uh, Number Four on State Administration, has some concerns about how the mandate will affect low-income families. Newsom says his vision to replace gas-powered uh, vehicles with electric vehicles um, uh, on California's roads and, uh, sur- you know, California highways and surface roads um, will make a better California. So the EV picture. The EVs pictured in today's signing of the, the, the executive order, this is a quote, cost more than $50,000 each. How will my constituents afford an electric vehicle? They can't. They currently drive 11-year-old vehicles. Um, this is, was a, a September 23rd tweet. Uh, to comply with the governor's executive order, the Air Resources Board is also expected to develop regulations to mandate 
that all operations of medium and heavy equipment vehicles by be 100% zero emission by 2045. Uh, trucks that tow freight will have to be compliant by 2035. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is going to make everything more expensive yet again in the state of California. And it doesn't, you know, this is... Yeah, it's not that the technology won't imp improve. I mean, I'm a big fan of electric cars, but I don't drive one because the ones that are, air quotes, affordable, and I'm saying, you know, air quotes because they're still $30,000 investments, uh, don't have the, the range. And, and even if you spend, you know, the $40,000 and get like the low-end Tesla Model 3, um, and I know it's 35, but realistically it's closer to 40 by the time you buy everything um, uh, and make it actually a functional vehicle. Um, so it has better range. You still have to spend, uh, you know, uh, more time filling it up, charging it, than you do at a, ga a gas vehicle. So traveling uh, uh, across the, the length of our state, our state is a long, big, giant state. Uh, you know, I can't drive from here to Sacramento or here to San Francisco without stopping and plug, finding a place to plug in and then hanging out for a while while it charges because it doesn't happen in, you know, five minutes like a gas can, you know, like a gas vehicle does. Right. And so, um, you know, it changes the way we move around and that's fairly significant. Not to mention, like you said, the upfront costs and, you know, I'm, solidly middle class but there's no way you know i can see that working for me i can't imagine that it would be for somebody else and maybe maybe the technology will be different you know in uh 15 years when this is supposed to be in place we'll have more infrastructure we'll find a way to quick charge so it doesn't take you know 30 to 45 minutes to get a a you know a partial charge it's not even a complete charge um but you know, that's that's a significant deal. You can't. Yeah, there's not a the comparison. Thing. You know, it's and it's not like people will say, well, the prices will go down. No, they won't, because you've just mandated that this is the car that people have to buy. And so, no, the prices won't go down. They're going to go up. Yeah. You know, Good unless down. you go to another state and and buy the mm -hmm. buy it there, the price will go up because that's supply and demand. Demand mm -hmm. is going to outweigh supply. Yeah, it almost makes you wonder if states like um, Nevada and Arizona will have a booming industry in uh, buying cars and registering them in that state and then driving them back to California and using them here. But they're registered in a different state. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll set up some laws so that they can use this as a, as a means of income. <laughs> Buy your cars Actually, that's here. A we'll, clever idea. We'll, we'll, take, we'll, we'll sell you cars and take your sales tax and... Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I can see something like that happening and, and, and setting up a, a situation where California is battling against their neighbors uh, who are saying, well, OK, fine, you guys don't want the money, but we're not we're not stupid. There's people who and, and you know, they said new cars. That doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that all cars on the road have to switch over immediately either. It just means they won't be able to sell you a new gas car, you know. Yeah. So. Yes, but can you buy? What I'm not clear about oh, is can used. you buy a used car? Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know. I'm not clear about that. It sounds like all to me what how I understood it, and I could be wrong. Yeah. How I understood it was that all car sales <laughs> in California in 2035 have to be electric car sales. Yeah, because you know it, it'll end up being like um, Cuba 
where they'll be driving 1950s cars that they've managed to keep running and keep tinkering on and keep going, right? Um, you'll never, ever sell your gas car again because it's like, well, I don't want an electric car that doesn't work as well, that costs more. Yes. And by the way, what will come after that is a per-mileage gas ta- or per mileage tax um, for driving. Yeah. So, so when you get your car registered, you'll have to take it in and they'll look at your odometer and, and however much you drove each year will determine what your registration fees are because you drove a yes. lot and so we're going to charge you a lot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You were polluting X amount, so now we're going to charge you for it. Yeah, you're yes. right. That's what will happen. And if and honestly, if that happens, I can see things like, you know, the idea that Arizona and Nevada, both of whom are uh, less liberal than California on the whole, um, uh, I could see them coming back and going, well, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. You can register your car here and... Uh, you know, if you pay a, f- uh, a fee for a uh, post office box, then you have a location. You can become a a, a resident of this state. We we're, we'll call you a resident. That's fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, you know what that you know what uh, the the governor is trying to do. He's telling p- people who move out of the state now that they for the net, for the two years after they move out, they still have to pay California state taxes. And uh, yeah, good luck no. enforcing that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm, I'm not going to pay state taxes on the new state that I moved to and still pay them back on a state that I used to live in. No way. Yeah. No, no, not going to happen. Yeah, that'll end up in a court. That I can't imagine that's going to fly. <laughs> yeah. Right? And that's an appropriate use of the courts where they are deciding between two states, right? Yes. But I, but I can't imagine that, that somebody is... <laughs> That, that, that they could win that case. I don't even know what their argument would be, that they would even think that they could win that case. No, they only have a right to, to what you earned when you were in California. Right. That's it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, if I live in, if I move to Arizona or, you know, North Carolina or, you know, whatever, Wisconsin, I'm now paying income there. And the only time I will pay income for both states is if I lived part of the year in one state and part of the year in another. And then you've got to pay income tax, you know, unless you happen to move right on January 1st, um, then you uh, you pay income tax for the percentage of the year that you lived in one state and the percentage of the year that you lived in another. And again, having I, I think I said on the radio show, you know, I lived in Pennsylvania at one point in time. And so when I moved there, I um, that year, I paid a little bit of California and a little bit of Pennsylvania because I moved right in the middle of the year in July. Uh, and then when I moved back. I paid mostly Pennsylvania because I moved back in in like October November time frame, and and paid a little bit of California. And those are the only times where I paid into two states at once because that's the way it works. Yes, that is the way it works. You pay for what you know. You pay income on the income you earned in that state, income tax rather. Um, and uh, yeah, the idea of it, you know, well, you lived here, so for two years after, you're going to be stuck with us. We're like a leech. <laughs> uh, that's the image you want people to have of your state. You're leaving. You're leaving California with the uh, with uh, what is really like gonorrhea. <laughs> wow. There's a visual. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> it's uh, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> wow. Uh, you yeah. know. So. So you, you, yeah, I was going to say, Boris Johnson is set to announce strict new coronavirus restrictions as hospital admissions exceed levels seen at the start of the first UK lockdown. They are seeing a a fall 
uh, rebound of COVID and are, uh, and it's worse than it was previously. So are the, are the same number of people dying? I know that's a lagging indicator, but that's, that's my question because Mm -hmm. we keep hearing about the number of cases going up. I don't know that deaths are going up. I think that we're becoming, we're becoming as a, as a global community, better at at dealing with this virus yeah well it also might be that the people that are getting affected this time around have stronger immune systems because they didn't get infected the first time around and so now they're getting infected and so they're less likely to have have bad outcomes Uh, but we've also as you indicated we've learned a little bit about the virus and have better ideas about how to treat it and what to do Um, apparently if you're president trump you can be cured and be given you know immunity and all that kind of stuff in, in a week So, um, you know, and I actually saw on one of the weekend talk shows, the, uh, CEO, he's a doctor of the company that, that, uh, makes a, um, uh, one of the things that they'd given to, to President Trump. And I think President Trump was like the ninth person who's gotten this injection. And what it is, is essentially what they call it. He calls it immunity in a vial. And it's basically a, a way, uh, to create antibodies in your system, uh, that's not a, um, uh, I mean, it works as a, um, uh, vaccine, but it also gives you immediate immunity because it's got, um, uh, uh the antibodies already built into it. So they give you a imu- or uh, protect you right away and start attacking the virus, but then gives you long-term immunity as well. Um, but he was very cautious to say, we have a very, very limited picture of who has this and doesn't have this. And only nine people have had it. You know, Trump is one of them. What they didn't ask him and what bothers me about this is why are we giving our, the president of the United States an experimental drug that he's only the ninth person to get? Well, clearly he wanted it. Yeah. But it seems to me that, that we don't know anything about this particular drug at this point. Nine people have gotten it or eight before President Trump got it. You know, that uh, seems Todd, like he probably insisted. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he probably insisted. Yeah, if he heard about it, and I'm sure he's been briefed on all the different options and stuff that's going on. And apparently, because this looked promising, they went into production before they've even done all the other stuff. So that if if it does get approved, they will have it already available. And if it doesn't get approved, then they destroy it. And that's one of the tacks that they're taking with several of the different. Um, um, uh, vaccines that they're developing which is something else i learned this weekend in watching one of the news shows which i thought was kind of an interesting tack and it makes a lot of sense it's right right it's like while we're doing stage three testing on some of these things let's go ahead and just start production on them and if we if they if we find out that they've got a problem and we can't use them then we'll destroy it but in the meantime the ones that look most promising let's start production so that once they get approved we'll already have them in quantity because it takes a while to produce these things they don't just you know you don't just crank them out by the thousands overnight, they actually have to be kind of grown. Um, yes, which yes. Well, like, you don't you don't just wiggle your nose like unbewitched, and you know you've got enough for everybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was interesting to see how they're uh, the, the tack they're taking, but this also sounded very interesting as a uh, as a uh, vaccine slash uh, anti um, viral concoction that they, this company has come up with, and this doctor answered the questions very clearly 
even though he was, you know, you could tell the interviewer was trying to lead him one way or the other, and he just refused to take the bait and just said, well, this is this is what it means, and this is how it works, and this is where we are, and it's still very early, you know, and, and, and you just, you got to appreciate somebody who's able to sit there and listen to somebody say something, hoping that you'll kind of like say yes. something that you didn't intend to say, and to see him just kind of smile and go, no, this, that's not quite right this is what this is this is what i mean this is what i mean when i say this <laughs> i don't mean that i mean this you know and uh this is what i want people to hear and he did a great job so um you know cool stuff if it works so apparently the name andrew cuomo is already being floated for uh joe biden's attorney general hmm, hmm. yes so yes <laughs> little little part before the horse but yes yeah well but that happens all the time right i mean that happened yeah. you know uh there's always guesses as to like who this candidate would then put into key positions you know like who would be secretary of state you know, and that kind of stuff, because those are key positions that have a lot to do with how how the country gets run. And so, you know, knowing who that person would select as advisors, I think that none of us would be surprised to hear that um, he would probably have some of the same people that were in an Obama administration, perhaps in different roles, you know, maybe perceived as as uh, higher end roles than they might have had before. Like, you know, you used to be an assistant here and now you're going to run this department type of thing. Um, you know, I mean, the Democrats will pick from the field of people in, in their party who, who, uh, have expertise in certain areas, just as the Republicans pick from people in their party who have expertise sure. in certain areas. I mean, that's not a huge surprise. I mean, which names end up in which seats sometimes is a little bit of a surprise. Cuomo, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then that begs the question of who will become governor of New York. Uh, well, you know, Hillary, Hillary I was going to say, that's exactly, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly where I went. It's like, well, you know, they've got a fairly prominent person in the party living in New York. Who's, and my goodness, she wants to be president so bad she can't stand it. <laughs> yeah. And, and apparently, you know, if she gets there 30 years from now, that's okay, because we seem to be hiring people of that age anyway. So, um Yes. And I don't even know how old she is, but it's I think just... she's um, probably early to mid 70s. Yeah. I'm thinking she was born like so 40, probably not 30 years from now. <laughs> what yeah. was that? I said, so probably not 30 years from probably now. Probably not 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Probably not 30 years. But um, uh, yeah, wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> uh, or they could have Bill de Blasio. Yeah, she was born is, in 47, so she's. Nut job. What was that? I said she was born in 47, so she's 72. Okay. Yeah, She's I was guessing around Trump. around 1947. I thought she was the same age as my mother. My mother was born in 1947. Mm -hmm. So, um, but unfortunately didn't make it to 72. Unfortunately. No. So, anyway. Um, yeah, I wonder if she would run. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. It yeah. It would be and very interesting. I, I could see her doing that, and I could see her getting that seat, you know. Um yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, I won't say it's hers for the taking kind of thing, but she's still one of the most prominent names, the Clinton name, um, still one of those prominent names in, in politics. And, uh, 
name recognition alone, I think, you know, and, and the state tends to, to be very democratic. I could, you know, I mean, there's probably other people waiting in the wings who might say, I want that job, see how ambitious they are, you know, uh, AOC might decide she wants to get some executive experience so that she can make a run at some point, you know, who knows? So here's a scandal that just broke. Um, <gasps> Uh, the state, California's GOP, which is really an endangered species, accused of setting up illegal ballot drop boxes. Um, and they're trying to say that it's legal ballot harvesting, but the Secretary of State is um, pushing back. So ballot, ballot drop boxes are popping up at churches, gun shops, candidates' headquarters, and, and local uh, GOP uh, headquarters, party offices, in three California counties which would seem on the surface to offer voters lots of options for getting their vote counted. The problem is these ballot boxes aren't official and California's Secretary of State is now teaming up with local elections authorities to investigate these boxes. They were, they've been spotted in LA, Fresno and Orange counties and operating unofficial ballot drop boxes, especially those misrepresented as official drop boxes it's not just misleading, it's a violation of state law, as it should be. Shame on yeah, them. Yeah, that's horrible. That's horrible. So um, Alex Padilla obviously is going after them. The Washington Post notes that California's GOP has been using social media to promote using these rogue green drop boxes and citing it's a, it, citing a 2016 California law saying that says it allows for this controversial practice called ballot harvesting. And so the Democrats have always done ballot harvesting better than uh, uh, Republicans. They have a better ground game, um, a better grassroots game than the Republicans do. And so what but ballot harvesting is typically you go to somebody's house and you say, I will, I'm picking up your ballot, Mrs. Jones, and, you know, I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm, I'll make sure to drop it off for you. This is this is different, though, in setting up bo uh, uh, drop boxes that make it look like their official state of California drop boxes. That is not ballot harvesting according to uh, uh, Alex Padilla who is the state secretary of state so mm -hmm. um, yeah so you know that's uh, I think both both practices should be illegal frankly oh I agree with you I agree with you 100% but one is not and the other is yeah so yeah I think ballot harvesting is terrible it is legal however yeah um, so um, I, I just it's just dumb it was just dumb mm-hmm and and it and it's it you know that to think that that the action of this one party in this one state is going to it looks bad for republicans nationwide and it's like you idiots what are you doing yeah yeah it looks bad for for politicians basically everybody i mean it, i think it reflects badly on on just the the state of being right now and uh yeah it's i mean the idea that you know, it, it goes if if the president is accusing the Democrats of trying to uh, rig an election and then this kind of thing happens, it's like, OK, so how is that not trying to rig an election? Even yep. if it was done completely innocently, it doesn't look that way. Yep. So um, apparently for the real official boxes, they have to be manned. And these these boxes are not manned. Um, uh, and so that's that's number one, a big thing, because obviously if they're unmanned. Somebody could somebody could throw a, a bottle of an open bottle of water into one of those boxes 
and ruin all of those ballots, right? Somebody could set, throw a, a lit match into one of those boxes. And you can't do that if something, if some, if it's man, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So those who are convicted for operating unofficial ballot drop boxes in California, they can receive four years in prison. Um, and, uh, Californians can check out their Secretary of State website to find the official Dropbox sites. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm going to the Registrar of Voters. I've, yeah. I've, I've had my ballot on my ta on my yeah. kitchen table for the last Voteinfo.net, by the way, is the place you yes. go. Voteinfo.net, that's the... Um, uh, River the, or the Registrar of Voters um, website that gives you all the information on it. You can go to whichever county you're registered in. You can actually go on and log in and see where your ballot is, whether it's been mailed yet, because some people still haven't gotten their ballots, um, where it is in the process. After you dropped it off, you can see that it has you know been received and been counted. And so all of that information is available for you online. So mm -hmm. the... Um um, you can always you can always drop it off at the Registrar of Voters. Um, if there's not a, 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 a box near you, you can go to the Registrar of Voters um, or go to or just drop it in the mail. There's enough time mm -hmm. for it to get there. Yeah. Uh, there's so, also ballot drop off locations and ballot drop off location map on that same site. So you can see where you can go officially between here and there. Interestingly, as of uh, 10, 9, 20. 1,213,003 ballots have been issued and 923 have been returned. Wow. Well, but like I voted, mine's sitting on my kitchen table because I haven't had time to go right. by the... Uh, yeah, yours is the, one of uh, the ballots that have been issued but not yet returned. And that's fine. We've got time. <laughs> yep. yep. We've got time. But don't wait till the last day. You know. But if you, ha if you have to wait till the last day, you can go to any polling place and turn in your ballot there as well. Uh, or you can go to any of the ballot drop-off locations still up until that day. And, or you can drop it in the mail. You have that option. Um, but, yeah, voteinfo.com, or I'm sorry, voteinfo.net has all kinds of information uh, about what's going on with the election, um, as well as electronic versions of your voter guide uh, and candidate lists, so you can get all your information. The same stuff that they would mail to you, that little uh, half-inch-thick booklet that they send out on newsprint that tells you about all the different ballot measures and stuff that's uh, available electronically online at that same location. So you can, if you have questions about stuff, because sometimes the ballot itself is not descriptive enough. I mean, it essentially, especially when it comes to the, uh, I mean, it gives you a name and, and a party affiliation. And when it comes to the ballot uh, issues, you know, you get the title, whatever the title is. And sometimes that can't tell you because, you know, there are things that are set up so that if you vote no, that means keep it and yes means get rid of it. Um, you know how they word things so that yes and no don't always mean the obvious thing. So, yes, um, we both uh, urge everybody. You know, I'll speak for you on this one. Say urge everybody to understand what you are voting for. Make make sure you, you spend the time to to understand what yes and no votes mean because they don't always mean the obvious. So. Yep. 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 So we are about out of time. Um, uh, we are, we are, for those of you who um, only listen to the podcast, if you go to KCAARadio.com and you click on, uh, on the brink or the morning show, we are on from six to 7 a.m. Pacific time, Monday through Friday. Todd and I have been going through, we just started today going through each of the ballot measures here in mm -hmm. California um, uh, we've gathered a few sources and are trying to give our best uh, information about what what a yes and a no vote 
means on for both you know for for all of the propositions today we talked about proposition uh, 15 and 16 right and there and, was a 14 too I missed it because the list I had wasn't in numerical order so I thought 15 was the first one so we'll have to talk about 14 uh, tomorrow awesome okay we can definitely do that so if you're interested uh, uh, in hearing that you can check that out there or you can uh, uh, continue to listen to us here you can do both we actually want you to do both <laughs> yeah yeah listen in two places but if you can only listen in one then pick one yes. yeah pick we do one. an hour there and an hour here Every weekday. Every weekday. So uh, with that, we are done for today. We are. So thank you for joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.